Hello. Good. Uh, well, look, this morning what I'd like to do is I would like to talk about vision and mission. And uh, what I uh, like to do really somewhere around the halfway point of the year is just to remind people the vision and mission that we set at the beginning of this year. If you remember, if you were here in January, we spent two weeks going through vision and mission. And uh, I tried to set it out really clearly what we were looking to do, what we were looking to achieve. And uh, to be honest, just to keep me honest, it's good for me to go through the halfway point. How are we doing? Because actually, as the setter of a vision, one of my other jobs is to make sure that the vision is then carried and held onto. And that we as a church continue to say, yeah, this is what we're going to go for. And we'll press on throughout the rest of the year. So we're going to do a bit of a reminder this year. Um, uh, this morning. Just want to say though, in the prayer meeting uh, this morning downstairs, when we were just praying about this morning, I saw a picture. And I saw a picture of a graveyard. In fact, it was the cemetery up there on the hill. And um, as I was looking at this graveyard, I saw dead people getting out of those graves and just taking off their grave clothes. Just ones and twos initially. And then I saw huge numbers of dead people rising. It was quite a graphic picture. I mean, it is, isn't it? But I just felt, no, God is saying, I am going to cause the dead to come to life. That's his heart. And actually, if, if, it, if, it, if one thing is summed up in terms of what I am looking for and hoping for and praying for for Seven Oaks, it's that, that the dead would come to life. That those who are spiritually dead, I mean, will come to spiritual life. Isn't that your heart? That's my heart too. It's what we long for. So I'm going to go through vision and mission, but actually my heart in all of it is that. We're going to do what Jesus told us to do, which is to go into all the earth and see the dead come to life and then be, uh, uh, be, di be discipled. Okay? So that's where I'm coming from initially. So what I'd like to do then uh, now is I'd just like to remind you of very quickly of some of the things we talked about at the beginning of the year. And I think you'll find I uh, started last year, can you click one please, by talking about this, this whole subject of unity. <clears throat> and nearly every time I talk about unity, uh, sorry, I talk about vision and mission, I talk about unity because it is essential and actually, vision is a really important thing in unity. You see, you all will have a vision. All of you will have a vision. The question is, what is your vision? And if we want unity as a church, it's really important that we say, yeah, I am going to buy into this vision, the vision that's being set. Otherwise, we get chaos. Can you imagine? We all had our own little bit of vision. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to do that, and someone else is going to go over there. No, for unity's sake, we must make sure we hold on to vision. Vision and mission, really important. And that's why I asked you in January, please buy into this mission. Please make sure we are all putting our strength, as it were, into one direction that we keep pushing forward. So we talked a little bit uh, about that. And I just want to emphasize again, unity continues to be critical for us. It's one of the lessons we've learned, isn't it, as going through Corinthians. One of the, right at the beginning, Corinthians chapter 1, what does Paul talk about? He talks about, guys, you need unity. Unity is critical. If we want to continue to push forward, we have to think about, yeah, what does unity mean? It doesn't mean being mindless. 
it does mean asking good questions, actually. In fact, if you're buying into unity, you will ask more questions than if you're not. So it means you'll be questioning, thoughtful, thinking, but gripping, gripping hold of it. And as I was preparing this and just going through, I thought, yeah, no, I talked about unity, and unity is important. I just felt there's one other thing I need just to bring to your attention this morning. It's the subject of grumbling. I just need to talk to you about grumbling. Uh, in June, uh, I came in early June, I came in, I sat down, and I just started to have my prayer time, just started to you know, talk to the Lord, oh, here I am. And then this subject just fell on me. It was like, a, it was like suddenly something, you need to look at this subject and I just thought, oh, yeah, and I started to write down. Thoughts were just filling my mind about the importance of not grumbling. And I just wrote it down, and I just, scriptures were coming to mind. And no doubt one day I will preach on that. But I just feel I just need to throw it in at this stage, just to say, church, it's one of the common things that Christians fall into. It's, so if you're doing it, you're not on your own. But it is one of the things the Bible, very specifically in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, tells us, watch out for grumbling. In fact, it sets out four kind of big sins, if I can use that phrase. You know what I mean by that. It talks about sexual immorality. It talks about idolatry. It talks about testing the Lord. Well, we kind of get those three, don't we? Yeah, whoa, big ones. And then it also says grumbling. Well, that's a problem for us because we're British and that's a national pastime for us. <laughs> We have whole programs dedicated to grumbling about companies and, oh, that didn't do very well and that wasn't good. Yeah, so it is a cultural, cultural thing that we do. And I just feel I just need to raise it. And, and I was just pondering it a little bit and I was just thinking a bit about the, uh, obviously, the children of Israel. And because uh, that's the, 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 the passage that 1 Corinthians 10 encourages us to go back to and have a look at. And here are these children of Israel, and they are delivered from Egypt. Do you remember the story? How they're taken out of this land of slavery, where they're beaten by these taskmasters, and they're forced to make bricks. They are slaves. And God uh, says, I'm going to rescue you, and I'm going to take you out of this land of uh, oppression and I'm going to take you to the land, the promised land. That's suddenly, that's their vision. God has given them a vision for something. And it all starts really well. There's the awe of God because there are miracles. There are all these plagues. And here is the most powerful man in the world at the time, Pharaoh, forced to bow to the presence of God. And God says, no, I'm having my way. And his people are released. And they see miracles. And they see seas open, don't they? And they see pillars of fire and smoke. And they say, wow, this is incredible. And they're all just full of fear, probably, but full of wonder. Starts well. And then they get into the desert. And it's different in the desert. Because it's hot. That's not a big revelation for you, is it? <laughs> it's hot. And there isn't much water. Well, you need water in a, when you're going through a desert. And the people, the Bible says, began to grumble. Where's the water? There's no water. And God hears them in his grace, and he supplies them with water. You know the stories, don't you? How God, at one point, Moses hits the rock, and supernatural provision of water is made for them. And then they haven't got enough food. 
and then they say, there's not enough food. I can sympathize a bit with that one, to be honest, but <clears throat> there's not enough food. Give us food. And then God says, okay, I will supernaturally provide for you. And manna from heaven is provided supernaturally every day. All they have to do is wander out of their tents and pick it off the ground. And there it is, God's provision for them. And they're okay for a bit. And then they go on. And then they say, oh, not manna again. <laughs> Stewed manna, boiled manna, fried manna. Can't we have something else other than I hate manna? Sick of it. Can't oh, please give us something else. And they moan and they grumble. And what happens is it sort of starts off as a little thing initially, a bit of, you know, we need water. And then it goes quiet. And then it reemerges again. And it goes quiet. And then it reemerges and it's bigger next time than it was before. And then eventually it bursts open when they say, Right, Moses, we're fed up with you. We used to have cucumbers in Egypt. Lovely, juicy cucumbers and chicken and garlic. Oh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> we had all of this stuff and it was gorgeous. And we haven't got anything here. You know, the Bible says God was angry with them for grumbling. It's a sin. I need to say that. Grumbling sin. That's a shocker if you're British. Sorry, guys. It's a sin. And actually, they fail to get from where they were going into the promised land. Their vision was to go from the land of slavery into the land of milk and honey. And God says to them, you will die in the desert. You will not get there. I will raise up another generation bluntly with a better attitude. And they will come full of faith. And they will get into the promised land. I was just thinking, what can stop us? What can stop us achieving vision, achieving what we want to? I feel like I just need to lay it on a bit this morning. Sorry. But grumbling can do that. Now, there's a legitimate complaint that we can have. There is a legitimacy to complaint. But complaint is an issue that is resolved, and then it goes Grumbling is an attitude that will carry on. And it just re-emerges. Goes down, re-emerges, gets bigger. Just feel I need to say, let's not let grumbling fill us. Are you a grumbler? Well, you're British, so you probably will be, actually. Sorry. Let's try and shed that. It is ungodly. It is unhelpful. And it will not lead us to fulfill our mission and vision. Okay? Okay. Okay. So, let's come back to these slides. What else did I talk about? Well, we talked about this. Max, would you mind? So, we looked at numbers. We saw that uh, during that period, over that sort of year period, that things had sort of steadily grown. It certainly wasn't revival, but it was beginning to sort of to trickle up a little. Um, Okay, Max, next one. We also looked at the season we were in. And uh, uh, we felt that it was, a, these are really about three prophetic words that I've just tried to boil down. And I'd said, most of these came in 2015, and we haven't moved out of that season. In fact, I went away for uh, three days 
uh, study and prayer. Went down to Swanage, stayed in Sharon's parents' house. They weren't there, but um, so I stayed there on my own. And uh, I was just talking to the Lord. I said, well, Lord, what about this thing about growth? What about growth, Lord? I'm just looking for, for, for growth to happen in terms of Hope Church. Lots of good things happening, Lord, but what about growth? And I felt God draw me back to a picture that, uh, uh, to a, a prophetic word that came in 2015, which this, this is sort of uh, based on. And I felt God say, this is the season of the dam wall. You're building a wall of a dam. That's the season that this church is in at the moment. And what I plan to do is once I've built this, this wall, I'm then going to pour out the water of people into that. And it will hold. Many people will come. But you're not in the season of many being poured in right now. You're in the season of the wall being built of the structural stuff of this church being put into place. That was really helpful to me. I thought, yes, Lord, I see that. So that's the season that we're in. And then we looked at the vision. Thank you, next one. And we know it's doing church bigger, isn't it? Yep, and I'm, it's been fantastic to hear some of you play back that vision. So um, I know Sue mentioned it the other day when we had our... Um, the uh, ladies' breakfast, and she emailed me to say, hey, we, we did it bigger than last time. We're doing church bigger. It's great to get that. Where are you, Sue? It's great to get that from you. I thought, yes, that's good. That's what I want to see, the vision in you and then coming back. Fantastic. And then I tried to explain what doing church bigger was. So next slide, please. Oh, there we are. So doing church bigger means reaching out to more people, intentionally trying to make more effort to connect with people, Making this church more visible to our community, moving us so that we are more able to speak to and cope with greater numbers than before. Next slide. And then I just tried to break that down. So it means reaching out to, connecting with, being visible and coping with a greater number of people. It doesn't mean we're going to double in size or anything like that. It just means we're intentionally thinking, how do we structure ourselves so we can connect with more? <clears throat> so, next slide. This is what we've seen in, in 2016. So last year, these are the things we saw. Alpha with eight. Oh. Ladies' breakfast had 90. Good things happening. The Easter meal had 105. We had Trinity, quiz night. So good numbers of people we are connecting with. Uh, first jobs fair, music academy, it's a treat, average number of kids. We were busy last year, weren't we? We were busy. So how have we been doing this year? Okay, Max. Well, so far we've had eight guests uh, with Alpha already, and there's a possibility we're going to run another Alpha, so we could exceed that. Ladies' breakfast last year had 90. Is that correct, Sue, 114? 114 ladies came to the ladies' breakfast. Sue spoke did a great job, shared your testimony. It was an excellent morning, wasn't it? I would say about 50% plus were not from this church, which was just fantastic. Talk about trying to do things bigger, connect with bigger. That really achieved it. I felt that was a big step forward. Uh, the, the Easter meal, I couldn't remember. It's 100 and 115 we had to the Easter meal this year. Well, we didn't have uh, Trinity with us. 
those 360 kids, but we did have 149 at the recent baptisms, and a couple of weeks ago, we had 126 people here for a regular Sunday. Well, that's nudging us up again. So we are beginning to see some, some bigger numbers. Uh, and the quiz night, next slide, is coming. I trust you've seen the advertising. It's the posters, there are some invites out there, and uh, I trust you're thinking about tables and coming as a house group. What's the point of doing a quiz night? Well, we, we're going to have fun together. We are. But it's also about trying to connect with our community. It's trying to say, hey, we're here. Hello. And also, it gives us the opportunity for just five minutes right in the middle to do a little commercial break for Alpha. I think Ian will probably be doing it this year. Have we spoken about that? More or less. Oh, good. Oh, well, there you go. You're now commissioned for that job. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, so quiz night's coming, and I, I, I anticipate that's probably going to be more. In fact, uh, Sue has said to me, do you know we're running out of plates? That's a great problem to have. We're running out of plates and knives and forks. We haven't got enough now for the size of events that we want to do. And we're in real danger of... So will you talk, you know, sort that out, which I haven't done, but I will do. I will do. <clears throat> Not because people are stealing them, no. <laughs> no, it's because we're using them all. Unless you've been stealing them. <laughs> you have got one at home. If you have any plates at home, could you please return them? Because we do now need them. It's good though, isn't it? That's exactly the kind of problem I want to have. Hey, we just our event is too big. You're going to make, make this hall bigger. You're going to have to get more plates in. You're going to have to... Exactly what I want to hear. Okay, next one. And just go down the list, please, Max. Yeah, the, the uh, Hope Church Music Academy. Well, we've pretty much coming to the end of the first course, getting some very good comments. Confidence is growing. I don't know if we've had any for the next course yet. Yeah, we have. Excellent. So the next course is starting in September. That's something very specifically we wanted to do. There they all are. There's the Music Academy stuff, and you can still sign up online if you would like to by clicking on that. There are some of the students looking very happy, I have to say. Is that like normal? You just you come in singing and dancing, do you? It's all, ha ha. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Next one. Go down, please, Max. Jobs Fair. So the second Jobs Fair is happening in September the 21st, which is something Chris is organising. Ran the first one last time. We had something like 15 employers last time and a good smattering of um, folk coming in. We're trying to attract some of the schools, if we can, just to encourage them to come along. That's a real attempt to try and help our community. A real attempt to try and love our community and to meet needs in our community. Uh, uh, we're thinking about the uh, uh, It's a Treat, that's an alternative to Halloween, which we relaunched last year, and I spoke to Lindsay again, and she said, well, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so we may well do that again. Average numbers attending on Sunday morning. The latest stats actually show a slight decrease in the numbers, but it's something like down from an average of 95 to an average of 94. So it's not, not massive. 
The good news, though, is that the number of kids we have has significantly gone up. Significantly gone up from where we were a year ago. I mean, it's pretty much doubled where we were, which is... <laughs> yeah, the Lettingtons. No more. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, anyway, I won't go. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so very good. So there, there are some things where we are seeing church just do, doing bigger. Max, next slide. I want us to also mention Tuesday mornings. Tuesday morning's an amazing morning. It's just amazing, really. Uh, the numbers of mums particularly, but also dads coming in. Uh, Jasmine, you're involved with that, aren't you? And Sharon. Just fantastic, and the wider team. Just, it's great to see the way our community is coming in. It's lovely to see some of those folks actually coming onto Alpha now that Ian is running on a Tuesday morning. And it's great to see the way needs are being met. There is love that's poured out on Tuesday morning. That's what I would describe it as. People are loved and cared for. And, you know, we're looking to get better at that, obviously. But it's good. Um, what else is happening in terms of doing us doing church bigger? Oh, no, can you go back, please? Resourcing others. Yeah, I think this is a trend that's begun to emerge a little bit. Now, others have resourced us at times, and I'm very grateful for that. The preachers that come in, they're good, aren't they? When we have Terry. By the way, Terry is coming back this year. Terry Virgo, which would be great. Um, but actually, we've been asked to help out at Oxted. Uh, Dale, who's the leader at Oxted, is having a sabbatical. It means they're going to be short on worship leaders. So Naomi and Catherine and Adj are going to do three uh, sessions down there in, in September, October, and November. Actually, it's our privilege to be able to send folk out to help them with a need that they have. They've been good friends to us, Oxted, and I'm just delighted that we're able to help them. But it's about us thinking bigger. It's about resourcing others what else have we got? Uh, well, preaching at the seminar that we're doing. Obviously, uh, we have a number of people who are coming from other churches to that seminar. We have 20 people booked in for the bereavement seminar. number of people from other churches. And also, some people, I think, have come from our Facebook advertising. But we just don't know. They could well be not, not Christians at all. I'm just thrilled that we're able to do that. We're serving the church in Seven Oaks. We're serving our wider community as well. We're doing church bigger just thinking bigger, structuring bigger. Great, great to see. And uh, practical help. I think Ian's still aching actually today, aren't you, from helping various people? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I can see that. Just really good to do that. And also some preaching as well I've been able to do. <clears throat> okay, next one, thanks. Okay, so we said at the beginning of the year, in terms of fulfilling the vision of doing church bigger, we wanted to focus on these nine areas. And we said these areas are, okay, Max? First area is outreach and evangelism. So this is what we said we were going to do. We said we were going to appoint Ian Lettington. Well, that's been good, hasn't it? It's been really good. Oh, no, not so good. Yeah, good. Well, if you're unsure, I mean... No, it's been very good. And uh, I know, Ian, you've taken the, the guys out at least twice now onto the streets. In fact, uh, we've had one lady, we were handing out adver uh, uh, advertising for uh, Easter, wasn't it? Came along yeah. on the basis of that. 
And uh, you've also formed a little group called Everyone a Witness, which is basically an evangelism group, isn't it? So, um, and then challenges are set. If you want to, why don't you try and share the gospel this week? Or why don't you try and pray for someone this week? So it's a constant sense of us being stirred, because we need stirring on evangelism, don't we? Well, I do. I'm quite happy, you know, after Sunday lunch, I just want to go to sleep. Thank you very much. Uh, But actually, we need some stirring on reaching out with the gospel. And Ian's come in to do that, and that's begun to happen. Uh, It's taken over Alpha, so we've run a number of Alphas this year, daytime Alphas, which which have been very good. Uh, How else do we want to reach out? Well, promotion, I'll come on to that a little bit more. The house group challenge, that's something I stirred house group leaders again with the other day. Why don't we, as a house group, think about what is going to be your outreach for the year? Is there going to be one major thing? And so I think a number of you are coming to the quiz night, which is fantastic. So I just want us, as groups, to be thinking missionally. And then this last one, adopting the goal of filling the empty chairs. That came because Ian preached to us in October before he came full-time. Now, I think we've let that slip a bit, so we probably just need to get a bit better at that, don't we? So we'll try and stir ourselves again with filling the empty chairs. Do you remember when he came before? He got us to pray for empty chairs that were next to us. Do you remember this? We put hands, we laid hands on the garden, now fill these, fill these chairs. Okay, let's just continue to stir ourselves with that one. Okay, Max? What else to be? So that's point one, evangelism. Second one, marketing and promotion. Well, marketing isn't the answer, but it is helpful in, in getting messages out. And uh, we said we wanted to increase our advertising, put more adverts in local papers. We wanted to focus on some key events. We wanted to put another roof a sign on our roof, and uh, we wanted to um, potentially take another offering for marketing. So Max, next one. How are we doing on that? Well, this is what we have done. We've done quite a lot of Facebook promotion. So Ian, uh, at the beginning of the year, did a little video. Hello, I'm Ian. I work for Hope Church. Can you tell? That was a great impression. That was a bit taller. Um, and you got 4,000 hits to that, didn't you? 4,000 people saw Ian on Facebook. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? How, that's quite a, yeah, very useful. So we've begun to do that a little bit more for some of our events and our activities. We've obviously launched a new website back in April. Which Has everyone seen the new website? Yeah, good, are you using it? Do you find it helpful? Ish? Oh, no? Okay. Well, have a go at it. It's good. Um, We've also increased the amount of internal advertising that we've done, so some of the marketing we've done, so the superhero stuff, the quiz night, the discipleship uh, preaching series that's coming up, all of this is just internal advertising. Sometimes we can use it, but it's trying to promote, it's trying to help you know what's going on internally. Uh, And uh, we've launched a new Twitter account, which is interesting. I'm not a Twitterer, really. I retweet a lot of Phil Moore's tweets. They're really good, actually, I have to say. Um, So we're doing that. Um, Some of the promotion that we're going to do, we're going to consider some newspaper advertising. that probably come towards the end of the year for things like Christmas and Alpha. We will apply for a second, uh, we haven't done that yet, the the second roof sign. Uh, I think that would be very good. And then this last one, to be honest, if I can get away with not doing that, I will. 
because I will only come to you when actually we need it. So at the moment, we're still okay in terms of our advertising budget, and if I can make that stretch into next year, I will. But if we do run out, I will be knocking on the church's door and saying, guys, can we just continue, please? Because making ourselves known is important, isn't it? We're very hidden here as a building. So we do rely on, uh, on some promotion. Okay, next one. We said we were going to boost administration capacity. We were going to increase Jane's employment to two and a half days a week. That has happened. We now do that. And we we're going to introduce annual reviews for all ministry leaders. That will happen towards the end of the year. So next one, please. Yeah, we were going to develop more musicians. And we were going to launch the Hope Church Music Academy. That's happened. Going well. We're on, now on to our second term. Next one, please, Max. We said we were going to increase our ministry capacity. You see, if church gets larger, the reality of that is there are going to be more people with more problems coming in. Hey, it's going to be glorious too, but the reality is, yeah, there are going to be more issues to have to deal with. So we talked about linking up with Beauty from Ashes, which I know a number of you uh, have used and have found helpful. We haven't been able to do that because of ill health, not on our side, on their side. So I don't see us being able to do that this year. Um, there have been quite serious um, illness concerns uh, on their side, so we won't be able to do that. We have made, though, good progress on the whole thing of strengthening preferred partners. Now, what do I mean by that? What we tried to do here is we've tried to identify what the top issues will be. What are the top issues? Let's try and be intelligent about this. What are the problems out there that we're going to encounter? And, and you can see the list there. We've added a few more uh, 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 on the bottom. And now what we're trying to do is trying to work out who is it good to work with in all of these areas. And we have begun to make some progress on that. Uh, Ian, you had a meeting the other day with a guy who works for Kent County Council. He's a Christian man and has a real heart uh, for one or two of these areas. And we're, we're meeting together with him. And actually, as he was with Ian talking to him, he said, feels like God's in this. Ah, oh, now that's the kind of conversation I'm looking for. And I think just before that, from what you said, you, you said, it felt like this is really good. There's something good about this. And then he turns around and says, God's in this. So I'm thinking, yes, that's the kind of connection I want. So we're trying to, we're trying to build up. I think it will take us two or three years to build up a really good connection of how to be able to offer um, you know, I was, when we went to the prayer day uh, recently up in London, uh, Martin Chuzzleworth stood up. Martin runs New Frontiers uh, Jubilee Plus, which is basically the care arm of, of uh, New Frontiers, or the kind of the leading charge for it. And he just said, they're, they're living with a prophetic word that says within a couple of decades, the church is going to be called on to provide social care for the nation in a way that it has never been before. The, the, church, the government will turn around to the church and say, we need your help in these core areas. What can you do? So he's, the charge that he's leading at the moment is, let's get the church ready. How do we get better at this? You know, over, the, over recent years, we've had pretty good social services generally. But as, as things change, uh, there's a prophetic nudge to say, church, Get ready, 
because you're going to be needed to help in these areas. So it's really important that we're beginning to do this work. I know it's not sort of terribly glamorous in some ways, but actually it's a really important thing that we as a church, people can come to us and we can say, yeah, we can either help you or we know someone else who can. Do you see what I mean? Okay, next one, please. We said we wanted to strengthen our kids' work. Well, great that we've done that. We now, very clearly, where's Andy? Is Andy? Ah, we now have two, don't we? What, what sort of numbers are we getting in each one? 16 across the two. I certainly know that the, the feedback we're getting is it's, it's now, with the, with the two groups, we're now able to give proper attention to the younger ones who'd been missing out a bit. So it's fantastic. It's great to see that. Two groups now. Um, an extra. Do you have all the workers that you need? Maybe. So that's... Uh, okay. Well, I'm sure you would... If somebody wanted to get involved, I'm sure you'd be quite happy to have a conversation with you. You'd be delighted. Okay, great. Um, I've also offered to knock down the wall between two of the rooms downstairs if they need more space. But they haven't, you haven't come back to me, so I'm assuming you don't need that right now. But whenever you do, I will. Okay, next one. Yes, we said we wanted to, as part of doing church bigger... I've spoken to you on a number of occasions now about how I feel God has very clearly spoken about this building and this hall. And God said, this hall just isn't going to be big enough for the size of what I want to do here. So in faith, we took an offering the other day, didn't we? And we raised £25,000, which is just stunning. To be honest, your faith is bigger than mine. I was expecting seven. <laughs> so I've repented. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're bigger than me. I just was amazed. Now, we were able to tithe 2,500 of that and give it to the Salvation Army just around the Grenfell, tire, uh, Grenfell Tower area just to help them deal with some of the fallout. So it was a wonderful privilege to be able to say, here's 2,500 pounds just to contribute to that work. But, but, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, it's great to be able to do that. But it also means we have a big chunk of money now to get an architect in and Malk and I and Ian will be sitting down and just saying, okay, well, we need to get somebody in to get a plan together for this building to see what we can do in terms of taking it forward and getting a bigger building. But it's about faith. We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. And this, what we're doing, that offering and what we're doing with the building, that is about faith. Just saying, Jesus, I think you've spoken, therefore we will follow you. That's what we're planning to do. Uh, okay, now all this other stuff here about re repaint repainting, recarpeting the entrance area, I think all of that will wait until we've had a conversation with the architect and when we know what the plan is and then we can perhaps do some other work as well. Uh, we said we were going to strengthen the house group network. Um, that hasn't happened and again I don't see that happening um, this year. Uh, I realize there's some structural issues, which are probably my error, uh, and there's just a resource issue. This is a big piece of work I'm asking for, and it's actually too big for the resource that we have at the moment. So it's a conversation that we'll probably need to have and just talk about um, whether we might even just have to take that off the agenda. Next one. We said we were going to pray. We were going to have a week of prayer at the beginning of the year and we were going to have a, a, a one in the middle of the summer, which we have just completed. 
So thank you to everyone who's come to those weeks of prayer. It is essential. If we want to go bigger, it's because Jesus says, I give you permission to go bigger. And that happens when we storm heaven. We get before him and we ask. So thank you to all of you who've come to pray. That's been wonderful. Lastly, and then lastly, I ended with this. How do you engage? And I came up with these five things. Please pray. Please serve. Please give, both financially and in terms of your time. Please invite people. Let's be invitational to the events that we're putting on. And let's be welcoming. We are welcoming, but let's continue to be welcoming. Talk to visitors. Talk to friends. Please continue to have people around to your houses for lunch. So people so appreciate it when they're new. It's quite daunting coming into a new church where I don't know anyone. And then somebody says, oh, would you like to come? It is such a brilliant thing. And I know some of you are particularly excellent at it. So that's it, a quick reminder. That's a reminder of what we're about. Church, we've got another five months or so of this year. Let's press into doing church bigger. Let's see people saved. Let's see people invited. Let's continue to, to believe God for all that he wants to do. Can we do that? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just love you. Lord Jesus, we just love you. And we're so longing for people to come to know you. We're longing for this whole town, actually, to be in out-and-out revival, where people are born again, where they are saved, where they are healed, where they are discipled. Lord, we want to see that en masse. And Lord Jesus, that's our heart. And Lord, we believe that you've called us to do church bigger this year. So Father, in terms of what we're doing, would you continue to bless all that we've put our hands to? Help us to please you. Help us to be a church that knows you, that is always familiar with your presence, always knows your, your uh, voice to us. Lord, we again commit ourselves to you and say, Lord, may your will be done. May your kingdom come. May your purposes be fulfilled on the face of the earth. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.